Welcome, one and all, to my podcasting segment. Now, you may not know me, but you will most assuredly, for I am indeed Henry Thomas Weber, and I am a Christian patriarch in good standing and a fellow American patriot, too, maybe even like yourself. I am not the patriarch of our faith like Moses or Abraham or Jacob was. No, neither am I like one of the great original apostles either, as was Paul or Peter. But I do follow in the lineage of these great architects of our Christian heritage. Of course, our real founding father, Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. He will be taking all the glory as is rightfully his. So then, we will be discussing the future of America. And I would like to have you think of America as past tense, per se, because one day it will be. On a bright and glorious day so fair and not so far away, it will be at a specific time in history when the kingdom of God will be coming down from heaven to displace this grand old republic of ours. Let's talk. Thanks for stopping by. That was very thoughtful of you. Don't mind me. I was just strumming a few chords from an old favorite of mine just now. The song is called Stand By Me. It was once sung and recorded by Ben E. King back in 1961 and is considered by some to be amongst the finest popular songs ever written. And I would heartily agree. But you need to know the roots of the song go much further back than 1961, I think. This particular song, I always knew instinctively in my heart, has some fairly deep spiritual meaning. Over the years, I've heard tell the second verse lends reference to Psalm 46, the second verse, whereby the King James Bible declares in God's word, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. So then, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm rather fond of music, but aren't you as well? And so I would ask, where do you suppose music began anyway? Why, it began in the halls of heaven, I believe, whereas the angels themselves have sung their glorious praises of our God for eons of time past, wherein we the faithful shall join them one day to sing praises unto God Almighty throughout all of eternity. My father often told me I should never be afraid, but we all fear at times, truth be told. We all on some occasion find something to fret and worry over, and there is plenty enough going on right here in America these days to worry about, don't you think? I mean, it's getting rather dark and ugly in our social culture. Now it's one thing to be concerned about something, it's another thing altogether to be afraid. For fear has a ten tendency to paralyze one's senses and bind their emotions. Which brings me back to music. 
and how music can make us forget our problems. It can bring us together many times, and the right kind of music can reinforce the assurance of our faith we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if indeed Jesus is ours. I'll finish with this first point. It was my mother who really began to inspire in me the love of music, all kinds of music, from the big band sound to the finest gospel hymns. The background music in this podcast is a musical arrangement for the hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. It was her favorite hymn of all, for my mother told me, God is holy. Let's talk about that. So now you know, in case you were unaware, that the God of heaven and earth, or the almighty creator and benefactor of every good thing we know, he is the very same true God who has brought everything into being and will bring everything into submission of his perfect will one day. He himself is a holy God, spotless and perfect in every way, for he is the one true and living God is existing in three divine and equal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid, though, we're living in a day where God is either being dismissed or reinvented in the minds of so many people, people who want to make a God in their own image in order to satisfy their own human and self-centered desires. What I mean to say is that people's perception of God is so very often flawed in how they view God at all, having little understanding of who he really is and of the great, great glory in which he dwells. No, they fail to make the connection that God is a righteous God in every way too, and that in reality he is wholly unapproachable by fallen sinful human beings such as we, for God is holy and we are not. Moses, that great servant and shepherd of the Lord, desired to look upon the Lord, one one day, wanting his presence to be known. And so did the Lord answer Moses, and he said unto him, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Exodus 33rd chapter, the 20th verse. And so the Lord hid Moses in the cleft of a rock and passed by him, so that Moses could only glimpse the back of God as the glory of the Lord shone bright into the cleft where Moses lay. No, we cannot come to God, our Heavenly Father, without first coming through God the Son, Jesus Christ. That is why a Savior is given to us by the Father. Enter Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. The Father, in his wisdom, has looked down upon his rebellious creation once, having pity and desiring mercy upon us, and sending the Son of God down from heaven to procure for us a salvation sure. Enter the crucifying cross of Jesus Christ, in that Christ is absolutely the propitiation for all our sin, a perfect sacrifice, fitting unto God the Father and pleasing unto him. And Jesus arose from the grave, by the way, and yes, he lives. No one will ever dare say they did anything themselves to gain a foothold into heaven. 
That shall not be, for Jesus Christ has done it all on our behalf. No, the world does not know him. Many know of him, but they do not know him in such a way as to call him Savior and Lord, and yes, even friend. Many people today cannot make that claim, for they themselves have chosen the lesser pathway of their own making. They have decided to dwell in the comforts of their own creation. They have rejected the only means that can bring them the lasting happiness and joy they earnestly search for, but many today search in vain. Yes, indeed, the Bible tells us that our God is a righteous and mighty God of law and order. He has cast the stars into the darkness of the heavens once and established the planets in the universe. He has brought forth the earth in all substance of life forming and has ordered the moon and the sun in pursuit of the earth to follow. And yet, how shall we come to know him if we have not heard of him? God sends forth in love the people of his own choosing to tell the wayward sinner the pathway to salvation. And it is by faith we must believe. It is by having Jesus Christ in our heart wherein we find repentance for our sin and salvation from the bondage of its holding power. The Bible reinforces this thought. So then by faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans, the 10th chapter, the 17th verse. The trouble in our day is that so, so many people seem to want nothing to do really with hearing the word of God, at least not hearing with their heart intent upon knowing. And if that is the case, then that is a very dangerous place to live, my friend. For without Jesus Christ entering into our life at some point and cleansing us from all the wrong things we do, then we simply have no hope beyond the grave. For it is written, only the blood of Christ can cleanse us from sin and bring us perfectly acceptable into the presence of a holy God. Thus saith the Lord, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness in, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. End quote. Hebrews ten sixteen through 19. Now God is approachable through Jesus Christ, under the love of, of the Father revealed in the Son, and commissioned by the Holy Spirit, whom seals us when we take Jesus Christ as our Savior. There are those today who only tell of the love of Jesus, and they're either afraid or ashamed to tell us of the sacrifice of Jesus and how it was that our sins sent him to that lonely, desolate place on Calvary to be crucified. Therein the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. Many in America do not or will not hear this message. For them it is unacceptable in our day to preach in such a way. Truth stands for itself, my friend. It may be hidden for a while, but it can never be destroyed. The word of God is truth. The Bible says his word shall stand forever. Let's take a quick look at what is going on in America these days. Take, for example, certain segments of our culture today. Yes, let's look at people's lifestyles, if you will. Let's be honest with ourselves and reason objectively here. 
no one can really deny how there is a good segment of our society who thinks it is perfectly okay to live any kind of lifestyle they wish and that no one should dare tell them otherwise. What I'm saying, quite frankly, is this. There are a good number of Americans who think they have the freedom to openly express themselves any way they, they want, in that this kind of freedom they believe is their right. They bear no responsibility whatsoever for their actions. And of course, they want nothing to do with consequences or being reminded that what they do or how they live does not meet the standards of a holy God. That is a huge problem, however, for there is a point where freedom becomes bondage to something. And as my old science teacher once reminded me very firmly, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. I wish to alienate no one. I wish only to say there is an alternative for us all, because after all, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. First off, that is a very poor definition of freedom anyway, if one thinks they have no responsibility to answer to anyone for their actions. That is, if one takes the liberty to pick and choose what they like and don't like, irrespective of other people's feelings. In order for there to be an orderly progression of life, in order there may be con continuity of harmony, there must first be a standard upon which we can point back to a more righteous standard of how we should live. The Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14.12 On the other hand, the Lord tells us, This is the way. Walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Isaiah 30, uh, 21st verse. People's happiness is only dependent on what is happening for the moment. But the joy of the Lord, ah, now that can take us safely along in our journey, whatever may happen. And through every gale, through every storm of life, Jesus promises us safe haven at the end of our earthly voyage. That about does it for this point of view. Let's move on to my third and final reference. And I want to be sure and remember the founding fathers of America in that very first July 4th celebration of our independence, celebrating our separation of powers from Great Britain, as it were. After all, we're coming to you on the 4th of July. So let's get on with these last few minutes and talk about those good and godly men who bravely fought for our liberty in a bloody and noble American Revolution once. 1776 was the year, remember? These were men of great character and honor who honored the Almighty God of heaven and earth. The hand of providence they fittingly called upon him frequently. The war of that year which began a campaign for independence, settled forever the right of sovereignty for a nation to exist. They not only sacrificed their monies and properties, they laid their sacred honor upon the line of principle and virtue. When the war was ended, they struggled in their endeavor to create a more perfect union, giving us a constitution and a bill of rights, declarations which we could live by in harmony and in freedom. The battle was ever, ever as much waging in the Independence Hall of Philadelphia as it was on the battlefields of Concord and Lexington, let me tell you. Now, Patrick Henry was only one of those great men 
who procured for us a freedom unparalleled in the hallmarks of history. Patrick Henry is not always given the credit he deserves these days. In fact, he is barely remembered anymore except for his famous words, perhaps, give me liberty or give me death. I think many Americans have perfectly forgotten him at all. Now, I have studied this man to great length to find he was more the bedrock to the American Revolution than nearly any other man I can name or compare to. For Patrick Henry was indeed incomparable, in my humble opinion. He said this once in a book I discovered titled The New Dictionary of Thoughts, a cyclopedia of quotations from the best authors of the world, and it was written in 1852 by Tryon Edwards. Quote, Bad men cannot make good citizens. It is impossible that a nation of infidels or idolaters should be a nation of free men. It is when a people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. A vitiated state of morals, a corrupted public conscience is incompatible with freedom. No free government or the blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people but by a firm adherence to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue, and by a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles, end quote. Now I say, there you have it in a nutshell. The foundation of truth is the word of God. The fundamental principles is his law, for God, my friend, is the author of liberty. Of course, there were so many other American patriots to remember. Certainly, George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were at the forefront of the great endeavor. Richard Henry Lee, Dr. Benjamin Rush, Samuel Adams, and James Madison were all vital to the cause for liberty, too. They are gone from our midst now. Their physical bodies sleep in the grave. But I am assured that the spirit and souls of many of these men live on in the Eternals with God Almighty, their Creator and Savior. You can read about them and much more in my book, wherein I delve into the highlights of the American Revolution. The book is Americans We Were, and it is available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I am Henry Thomas Weber. Thank you for listening. May God bless you and keep you. God love you. Goodbye for now.